Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Romans, chapter 13. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. The Christians in the early church were at the time that Caesar Nero was ruling, the Christians were being forced, sought to be forced, to worship Rome. And the Christians were told that they were to take a pinch of incense from the altar, and they had this big bust of Caesar Nero. And the Christians needed to take a pinch of incense from the altar and if they took a pinch they were to take a pinch of incense and put it at the at the altar the bust of caesar nero and by taking and placing a pinch of incense they were declaring that caesar and rome was god and because the christians refused because they refused to worship another god because the christians understood that you should worship the lord thy god and him only shall you serve Somebody say amen. Amen. Isn't that right? Because they refused, they suffered under the throne of Rome. And millions were arrested. Millions of Christians were sold into slavery. Millions of Christians died a horrible death. Millions of Christians were fed to the lions and dipped in hot wax and cut in half. Get the Fox's Book of Martyrs and read it. These are your brothers and sisters who suffered. Are y'all getting that? We are brothers and sisters with those who went through these horrible, awful persecutions. Matthew, the book of martyrs, Fox's book of martyrs, tells us that he was flayed. The gospel of Matthew, the writer, he was filleted alive and beheaded. Mark was drugged behind a chariot until he died. Luke, the author of Acts, was crucified. Peter was crucified upside down. But before he was crucified, they brought his wife and they crucified her in front of him. And then they wanted to crucify Peter right side up. And Peter refused. Peter said, hey, I'm not willing. I'm not worthy to be crucified right side up like my Lord. He insisted that they crucify him upside down. Paul later, we learn that Paul later was beheaded in Rome. So we have to understand that there was an intense amount of persecution going on in the church when Paul the apostle writes to the church at Rome and tells them that they are to submit to every ordinance of the authorities, to submit to the government. And they were suffering. Their their, their government was worse. You know, we, we think we're suffering. In our country, oh, we're suffering for Jesus if people don't like us and they talk about us at the office. Or they, 
he's reading his Bible and you get a little bit of, you know, well, don't read your Bible. And, oh, well, I'm just suffering for Jesus. The microwave is broken. Oh, I'm suffering for the Lord. (laughs) Their government was worse. And now Paul tells them and he tells us that we are to submit to every ordinance. We're submit to the authorities, to the government. Now, don't miss this. This is why, listen, we are to live in subjection to the governing authorities. Point number two, the basics. Look at verse one again, the last part of verse one. For there is no authority. You looking at it? For there is no authority except from God. And the authority that exists, present tense, have been and are presently ordained or appointed by God. Listen, civil authority exists by the appointment of God. Psalm 62, verse 11. God has spoken once, twice I have heard this. Power belongs to the Lord. Authority exists because it is in place because God has it in place. God is in control. Don't you remember even Jesus recognizes civil authority is appointed by God? Don't you remember as Jesus, as he stood before the godless governor, Pontius Pilate? And Pilate said, don't you know that I have authority over you? And Jesus said, you could have no authority unless it was given to you by God. You see, we got to understand there is no one in power that God has not ordained or allowed to be in office. And even if, watch this, they are wicked and evil, God has allowed them to be in office. Bible students, this one's for you. Matthew chapter 22. Jesus tells a parable about a king that invited people to a wedding. And they made a bunch of excuses why they couldn't come and they refused to come. And then Jesus says something very interesting. Jesus said, that king will send his armies And burn the city. Jesus said God was going to send his army to burn the city. Jesus was talking about a Roman general by the name of Titus Vespasian. Who came into Jerusalem in AD 70. And leveled the city of Jerusalem. And took the temple down brick by brick. God used an evil man a wicked man by the name of Titus to bring judgment upon his people. Oh, you know the story of King Nebuchadnezzar. He was a powerful potentate in the Babylonian empire. And Jeremiah chapter 27, verse six reads this. And now I have given all these lands into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant and the beasts of the field. I have also given him to serve. You see, God used King Nebuchadnezzar, listen, to judge Jerusalem. Jeremiah calls him the servant of Yahweh. And then don't you remember Romans chapter 9? We just read that. God raised up Pharaoh, who was a wicked, evil king in Egypt, to bring judgment upon God's people. The thing you got to get, saints, are you listening? There is no power that God is not ordained or allowed to be in office, whether they are wicked or whether they are good. It is God who is in control of all kingdoms. 
And listen, it just makes sense. Reason it out this way. If, in fact, we talk about God is a sovereign God, that word sovereign means that God does whatever he pleases because he is God. If God is a sovereign God and God is in control of all situations, then it reasons to logic that God is in control of every kingdom, whether they are wicked evil or good and by the way someone once said and rightly said oftentimes god will give a nation what they ask for oh the u.s we have such a horrible president oh the 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 government is out of control we've got such a horrible government and and look at all the wicked evil things and all the sexual immorality that goes on in a governmental level we talk about that well listen God will oftentimes give a nation, the, a king, a president that they ask for. No different in what's going on in the White House than what's going on at our house. In our communities. In our homes. In our culture. So God is in control of every kingdom, whether evil or good. Number two. The resistance. Look at verse 2 in your Bibles again, if you will. Verse 2. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God. Listen, since governments have authority from God, we are bound to obey them. Now, is there ever a time in which we are not to obey the governing authorities? Is there ever a time where civil disobedience is called for listen absolutely when well listen very simple if in fact a government gives a decree or makes a law that goes against the higher law of god we are called to disobey it if a government makes a law that goes against the law of god We are called to disobey it. Take, for example, don't you remember Pharaoh gave a decree that every male baby should be killed. And there were a couple of midwives who refused. Why? Because thou shalt not kill. Daniel chapter three, a decree went out to worship the golden image and the three Hebrew boys, Hanani, Mishael and Azariah refused. Do you know who Hanani, Mishael and Azariah are? That will be Shadrach, Meshach, and a bad Negro. (laughs) Oh, that's a Bendigo. My bad. I'm sorry. And they refused. Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 6. Listen, a legal decree was given that no prayer should be offered to any God. And Daniel said, nope, not going to do it. Wouldn't be prudent. And he prayed. Acts chapter 4 and 5, a law was passed in Jerusalem that said you can't preach Jesus. And Peter and John, don't you know the story? Peter and John said, King, we don't know what to tell you, but we cannot help but speak the things which we have seen and heard. And they went out preaching again and they were arrested again. And they said, listen, we have warned you. And they said, we must obey God rather than man. The Bible never endorses civil disobedience unless it violates the law of God. When civil authority tells us, are you listening? 
When civil authority tells us Christians that we can't pray, then we should disobey. More than 10 people need to say amen. Amen. When civil authority tells us that we can't read our Bibles, you should disobey. When civil authority tells us that we need to deny Christ, we should disobey. When civil authority tells us that we must worship something other than God, then we need to take a stand. And right now, guys, I don't know about you, but I am tired of people. I'm tired of hearing how people talk about our country awful. And internationally, even so, I've been, you know, I've been to many, many countries and we don't have a good name among other countries. Did you know? And even in our own country, people, oh, I hate this country. Oh, the government's so bad. Oh, I can't believe they did this and I can't believe they did that. And we need to burn the flag. Look, let me just tell you straight. I am patriotic. I love the U.S. of A. Amen. Can I get a witness? I love the U. Let me tell you, I'm going to India November 1st through the 22nd of this year. Lots to do. I'll tell you more later. When I come back from India on the 22nd, which is Thanksgiving, by the way, I told my wife, honey, bring me a plate to the airport. (laughs) Just bring me a big old turkey leg. Because I'm not going to eat the whole time I'm in India. I don't want to get sick. Just bring me, just wheel in a plate. Just bring, drag it in like this here. I'll tell you something though. When I get, when I come from various countries and I get back here, man, I'm so happy when that plane lands in the United States. I clap my hands. I'm praising the Lord, speaking in tongues. I'm, I'm having me a good time. I'm kissing the ground. I'm like, oh, 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 I I love this country. I do. Because we live in a great country, irregardless of all of the problems that we have. We are a blessed nation. We have freedoms in this country that many don't have. We have the freedom to be involved in politics. We have the freedom that if we don't like something, we can vote, write letters, make phone calls, send emails to government officials. And can I encourage you? We got the freedom to pick it. You don't like something, you can pick it. There ain't nothing against the law in this country, in this country against picketing. But can I encourage you, before you pick it, pray. Can I encourage you, before you pick it, pray. Don't that sound like a t-shirt? Before you pick it, pray. Don't pick it, pray. Don't pick it, pray. Before you pick it, pray. You know, one pastor said this. He said, I'm tired of hearing Christians complaining about no prayer in school, no prayer in school. He said, as long as there are algebra tests, there will be prayer in school. Then you know that's right. You know that's right. And he said, hey, he said, what bothers me is that he went on to say, what bothers me is that there's no prayer in the church. What bothers me is that there's no prayer in the home. We get Christians, we get all caught up, oh, there's no prayer in school. I can't believe they took prayer out of school. I cannot believe they took prayer out of school. Wait a minute. Is there prayer in your home? It doesn't make sense. We need to be people of prayer before you pick it. Do what, saints? Pray. The foundation got to move on. 
Look at verse 3 and 4 in your Bibles. Look at verse 3 and 4. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Now listen, the beginning of governments, let me tell you this. The beginning of governments is found in Genesis chapter 9. You go read that in your own time. But in Genesis chapter 9, after the flood, God said, whoever sheds blood, by man his blood shall be shed. This in Genesis chapter 9 is the initiation and the manifestation of some state's authority to enforce or order capital punishment. It comes from God. And it is God who has established human government. And they are God's way. Human government, listen, is God's way of enforcing the law because people are sinners. And if you do good, you have nothing to worry about. But if you do evil, then you need to watch out because you're going to get busted. But good Christians who obey the law have nothing to worry about. Amen. You know, when I'm driving on the 440, I got to tell you, I got to confess. <laughs> it happened to me just a couple days ago. I'm driving on a 440. I had to be somewhere very quickly. So I had to, uh, I had to, let's just say, move right along. <laughs> I'm not going to use the S word. Speed. So I'm driving. I'm like, I got to get there. got to get there. Gotta, and a cop pulls up right behind me. I'm like, oh, my God. And you know how you look in the rear view, you slow down as if you hadn't already been caught. You slow down. You try to look like a model citizen. And he said, and you know, and, and, and I honestly think, I honestly think this guy was just torturing me. He followed me forever. And then he took off. And I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. I thought I was going to get pulled over. But if you don't break the law, listen, you've got nothing to worry about. So listen, according to the Bible, it says in verse 4, for he, the authorities, are God's ministers. So if you're speeding and the Raleigh police, listen, and the Raleigh police pulls you over, just look at him and say, hello, minister of God. (laughs) He'll be like, let's call in for the paddy wagon. We need to get you in a straight suit. And he's the avenger. The officer is the avenger sent to execute wrath on lawbreakers. You know, I thank God for police officers. I don't know about you, but, but I do. I thank God. And I'm glad when I see a police officer in a donut shop protecting the city from evildoers. <laughs> I do. I love police officers. And I, and I thank God for him. You know why? Because if so, you, I don't care where you live. If it were not for police officers, I joke about that, but if it were not for police officers, I know they got a bad reputation. People catch them on the eye caught and all that and beating up people and all that. But, you know, honestly, that's rare. The reality is there are lots of godly police officers out there who love Jesus, who serve in Jesus, who want to be a blessing to their community and want to serve their community. There's a lot. And don't believe the hype. And don't believe the hype. You know, oh, ball police officers. No, they're not all bad. Thank God for them. Amen. If it weren't police officers, I don't care where you live, and I don't care how nice your house was, you would be living in the hood. Y'all don't even know what I'm talking about, do you? <laughs> the hood? 
you would. Here's why. Because people would be robbing your house, holding you at gunpoint any given day. Doesn't matter. Chaos. Things would run amok if it were not for God establishing authority in a community. Finally, let's wrap this up. Paul gives us two reasons. And I actually saved the tax part for last so I can cover it quick. Because I love y'all. And I'm, I'm just here to bless you. Finally, in verse 6 and 7, go ahead and peruse it in your Bibles, if you will. Paul gives us two reasons why Christians should obey governmental authority. Number one, because of wrath. Wrath is a good motivation for obedience. But even better, amen. <laughs> I hadn't thought about it. That actually is pretty funny. And, uh, but even better, listen, your conscience. Christians should obey the government not only because of fear and wrath, but also we know it's right before God to do so for conscience. And talking about conscience, we are also to pay our taxes because there is a sense in which we support God's work when we pay our taxes. And you're like, Rodney, you were doing great right up till now. (laughs) I should remind you that I am no big fan of IRS either. You know, there was some person who called it IRS. They called it the Infernal Revenue Service or the Eternal Revenue Service, which is true. But as Christians, we need to pay our taxes. We need to pay. Listen, watch this. We need to pay what we owe and not a penny more. Not a penny more. Jesus is the one. Who taught us that very principle. You remember the Pharisees and the Herodians. They came to Jesus trying to trap him in a question. And they said, Jesus, is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? And Jesus looked at them and said, why do you test me, hypocrites? Don't you love Jesus? He just gets right to it. Doesn't he? <laughs> Jesus says, why do you test me, hypocrites? And then Jesus went on to say, give me a coin. Jesus takes the coin. He holds it up. You could probably hear a pin drop. And he said, whose picture's on this coin? And they said, Caesar. And Jesus says, well, then if Caesar's picture's on it, then it belongs to Caesar. Give the man his money. Whatever belongs to Caesar, give to Caesar. And whatever belongs to God, give to God. And you know, there are some people who will say, you know, I'm not going to pay my taxes. I'm going to go to the mountains. I'm going to get me a gun. Anybody comes near me with an IRS (laughs) t-shirt, I'm going to shoot them. I mean, some people are like that. Listen, don't, no, no, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says we're to give to Caesar what's due Caesar. And the point here in verses 1 through 7 is that we as Christians, we are not only called to have all this doctrinal information about justification, sanctification, glorification, election, and all the other Asians. We're not called just to get all this head knowledge and become super spiritual. Your head knowledge should translate to your feet. And how you walk among your church, among your brothers, among your sisters, and in your community. And people should be able to see that your life is different because you do things God's way. Amen. Amen. In summation, listen, our responsibility to the government, we must respect it, submit to it, support it with taxes, pray for it. And occasionally disobey it.
pray for it. Do you pray for your president? Please, let me just say this here. Last time I talked about this, I, I got in trouble. Somebody thought I was being very political. I'm not being very political. I'm being very biblical. Do you pray for your president? No matter what you think about President Bush, we just learned it. We have a responsibility to pray for him and understanding that God is in control. And this is not your home. Listen, we are citizens of heaven. And people get all caught up in politics here. And I can't believe they're doing this. And I can't believe they're doing that. And what is wrong with these people? And I can't believe this. And I can't believe that. Listen, how about this? Pray, do your part. When it's time to vote, go and vote for the things that are biblically in line with what God's word says. I vote based on what the word of God says. Who's standing with Jesus? That's who I vote with. I'm going to leave it alone. But it's not your home. It doesn't matter. Everything that you see right now is going to burn. John said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwells righteousness because the king of kings and the Lord of lords is on the throne, not the throne of Rome, but the throne of Jesus. And the only perfect society will be that where Jesus is reigning on the throne. Get your thinking right so that we can live a life that is glorifying to God and a blessing to other people. That's what we're supposed to be doing, Christians. Lord, help us to do it. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at one 800 293 0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the media library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a song.